Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Your weekly dose of police science snippets, number 159 now. So I've been doing this for 159 weeks. And by this, I mean going through a lot of research articles in the fields of, in the fields of police science, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, uh, law enforcement, military research, intelligence, everything that's related to cr you know, criminology, evidence-based policing, all that stuff to find bits of information that have been discovered, have been proven to potentially be effective or a good lead for you to follow, but something that is applicable and practical, something you can put into practice straight away or think about how you can apply it to your own work. Obviously, this is you guys have a lot of different occupations from around the world, so it's not going to be um, of relevance to you every week, or at least not three snippets are not all three snippets may be relevant to you every week. However, obviously, there's now a big library of previous police science snippets from all the previous weeks that you can access on the Police Science Doctor website. To do that, just Google Police Science, go to the website and enter your details into the form that pops up and then you're part of the email list and you will get these snippets emailed to you every Tuesday into your inbox with the link to the original research. And then you'll also get the access password to get onto the read page of the website where you will find all the previous snippets and you can download them as PDFs and build yourself a little library and just scroll through and see which of them are actually relevant to your particular role that you've got at the moment. So this is the Christmas edition. As you can see, you know, I'm very festively attired here. The first snippet for this week is about gaze aversion. So we're talking about detect, um, detecting cues to deception in suspect interviews or any other interviews in policing. While experts often still disagree about what are reliable cues to deception, what they do agree on is that a suspect's gaze aversion is not indicative of deception. So if you or any of your colleagues still believe that, scrub that from your vocabulary. It does not prove anything. Somebody averts their gaze, it means nothing. Okay, it can... <clears throat> It can be culturally dependent, it can be, you know, whatever, but it is not indicative or not reliably indicative as a cue for deception. The next cue, um, no, next cue, the next snippet for this week is about investigative checklists. Officers provided with a checklist were more likely than officers not provided with this list to calculate, sorry, to locate additional items in a virtual investigation. So a, a piece of research was done, a virtual investigative setting, Half the officers were given a checklist of things they should be doing as part of this routine investigation. The other half were not. So um, this research found that checklists may be useful tools to add to routine investigations. So that's good to know and could um, lead to a lot more investigative um, material, um, relevant investigative material, hopefully. And the last snippet is about questions in child interviews. When interviewing abused children, visual aids, such as emotion cards and drawing materials, are used to assist in most interviews. These aids are accompanied mainly by directive, 41%, and option posing, 37% questions. So the percentage is the percentage of what kind of questions has been, question has been asked. However, open-ended invitations only used at a rate of 3.2% elicit the most forensically relevant information from the interviewees. So obviously, these researchers coded, okay, 
when giving these visual cues in, in, um, in investigative interviews with children, what kind of questions are we asking the children? And then they found out, okay, the most, one, <clears throat> the most ones that are asked are actually directive, that's 41%. Um, and only 3.2 of those questions were open-ended invitations, but actually those question types elicited the most um, investigatively relevant information from the children. So these were the snippets for this week. Um, not very festive topics. That's not what we do here on Police Science Doctor, unfortunately, but I've hoped that something here was of use to you. Like I said, if it wasn't, obviously I don't know what role you cover, but hopefully there will be something that you'll find in the library on the Police Science Doctor website. And until I speak to you again next time, after Christmas, I wish you a wonderful time and um, I'll see you then and hope whatever you do this Christmas, I hope that you're safe and then you do something nice. Speak to you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.